Marble Machine. Hello, listeners. This is a very short intro from us up here in the attic. Tim, me, and the Marble Machine are all wearing black today, as we are mourning an old friend that the Marble Machine once knew. He passed away just a few days ago, in a world quite similar to ours, yet not quite alike. The Marble Machine told us that all worlds are connected by thoughts and ideas. Some worlds have no creatures to think thoughts yet, but they still have the raw essence of ideas. So I think what the machine means is something like potential ideas floating around like evaporated steam waiting to be transformed into raindrops. That is a good transition to today's story, I think. The marble machine already gave me the marble this morning and told me to eat it for today's story. It is in memory of the marble machine's dear friend from another world, who shall remain nameless for now. Here we go. A Drop in the Lake A story written and narrated by Jacob Graff Recorded and edited by Tim Höfer The rain was falling heavy as Munya walked toward the cottage. It was the only building in miles, and she had come a long way from the city. A rugged, broad-shouldered figure stood knocking at the cottage door. Munya flinched at the thought that she and the young man might be here for the same reason. The door opened, and the old cottage owner welcomed the stranger inside. Hey! Munya shouted, and both men turned to look at her. Most strangers who came this way were either looking for food and shelter or a place to hide from the authorities while trying to get across the border. The laws passed by the new rulers were strict and the punishment that awaited runaway drudges was unforgiving. The woman was young, almost a girl still, and the short man with the bulky shoulders barely a man. But their faces told different stories. Experience had taught the old cottage owner not to ask anything personal. Whatever the burden was that these two strangers carried, they would reveal it when the time was right. He showed Munya to his guest room and led the young man to the couch in the living room and handed him a wooden blanket. I will make tea now and coffee in the morning before you leave, if you like. They both nodded politely and drank their tea together in silence before retreating to their chambers. None of them found any sleep that night. Munya felt for the sharpened bread knife in her belt and waited for the cottage to quiet down. She had killed a man before, and she would do so again tonight. The first time she had killed because her life had depended on it. This time was different. Her grip tightened around the wooden hilt of her weapon, and she pressed her eyes shut, trying to choke out the voices arguing inside her head. The young man stared at the ceiling. He didn't need a knife to kill. His hands were strong and he had used them many times already. He would strangle the girl first, because she might run away if she heard the old man struggle. An hour before the moon left the night to become a new morning, Munya and the young man stepped out into the corridor. They stood still as they saw each other's silhouettes in the darkness. They only noticed that the old man was there too when he got up from his armchair by the small window. He opened it, and the sound of rain falling strangely took away some of the tension. There, that's better, the old man said and smiled. You have come to kill me and take all my belongings, I suppose. 
he said without turning his head to either of them. If this is what you must do, may I ask you both to wait until the night has passed? Munya and the young man each waited for the other to respond. Come, one to my left shoulder, one to my right. It won't be long now, I just want to show you something. In wordless agreement, the two of them slowly approached his armchair and stood facing the open window, listening. The rain came down in a steady drum, and the old man's voice accompanied it. Look at the falling rain. Let your eyes gaze across the whole yard, so that you see the entire field of raindrops bouncing off the ground. Don't the ripples of water make the concrete seem sort of blurry? Munya did what the old man told her, and soon the blur of rain made the yard seem to be made of liquid rather than solid concrete. Isn't it strange how our eyes can deceive us? When you think about it, the concrete wasn't always hard. At least not when it was first made. There was a time when it was hot liquid cement, right? So is the rain helping us to see into another time? Snapping out of her dreamily gaze, Munya shot the young man a nervous glance, but relaxed when she saw that he too was hypnotized by the rain and the old man's voice. Time helps us to separate what was, what is, and what will be, right? But what if we forget that things have a past, a present, and a future? The yard would be hard as concrete and soft as peanut butter at once, the young man murmured. Funny, huh? The old man nodded. Then all this limestone cement and gravel that's needed to make hard concrete would be separate and already mixed together, all at the same time. The old man cleared his throat and let out a laugh. <laughs> now, try something else. Stop looking at the whole rainy yard, and instead just look at the separate drops. Do you see those small individual shapes and forms that each water drop creates? Munya and the young man carefully bent forward to be a few inches closer to the window. Just as each drop bounces off the ground, there is a short moment of time in which the drop seems to stand still, right? You see it, right there, when it rebounds off the floor, as if it were taking on another form just for a tiny second. Then the drops almost look like people, like men and women made of water standing upright on the puddle, or on a lake. The old man sighed. I see it, Munya said. Me too, the young man agreed. See what? The old man asked and chuckled. <laughs> the raindrops real form? When do the raindrops stop being raindrops? Is it only a raindrop as the word suggests when it falls from the sky? What is it in that moment when it bounces out of the puddle? What is it when it returns into the puddle? Isn't a tree just as much the seed that it once was as it is the earth that the seed once grew from? Aren't individual people to mankind what the raindrops are to the lake? Some people are not like other people, Munya said bitterly. She wanted to tell the old man what had happened to her, but he spoke first and seemed to have already guessed her thoughts. 
Some of us have been hurt so deeply that we feel like we must hurt others in return. Some think that that's how the world works. My grandmother once told me that goodness is often repaid with badness in life. He remained quiet for a moment before he continued his thought. It may be true. After all, I did let you into my house to provide food and shelter, and in return you plan to take my money along with the last few years of my life. But I choose to see the front yard as both the stubborn hard concrete and the soft creamy peanut butter like cement. As much as you two choose to see individual raindrops, I choose to see the whole lake. What does that mean? The young man asked. Means he's trying to convince us we're all the same, Munya scoffed. Maybe you don't have to kill to survive, is all I'm trying to say, the old man suggested. You can say that because you live in a house and you don't have much time to live anyway. She's right. The likes of her and me will always be on the run unless we get rich or we end up getting caught, hanged or beaten to death. Well, maybe... I believe you haven't completely forgotten how to see the whole lake. The old man stretched in his armchair and yawned. Nothing will let you survive forever. All we do eventually is fall back into a timeless lake. But if the suffering continues, the lake can never be calm. It is not up to me to decide. No, it isn't, the young man said and turned to pounce at Munya like a cat. But she was faster and her knife parried his attack, cutting deep into his throat as he sunk to the floor. Sorry, she whispered, more to herself than to anyone else, and moved behind the armchair. The old man sighed and saw the rain trickle down the window as he drew his last breath. Listeners, we are still up here in the attic, the marble machine is covered in a dark grey cloak and is wearing a black tie. Tim fell asleep. But please don't judge him. He probably just falls asleep whenever something makes him very sad. Oh, oh, sorry, Tim. He says he wasn't sleeping, but just had his eyes closed. Well, listeners, I sure hope the old man is a drop in a beautiful, calm ocean now. And maybe there is some truth in his story for our own world, too. Maybe if we saw that we're all part of the same big puddle of life. I mean, I'm no philosopher, but maybe if we weren't so selfish at times and tried to help each other, you know, just try to help each other out and maybe we would make the world a better place. At least our world. Maybe we're just one little drop world in an ocean of, of worlds? Huh? What do you think, Tim? Marble machine? Huh. Oh well. Until next time, listeners, and uh, do take a short moment to look at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash themarblemachine, and maybe donate a dollar to support us. And as always, hear you soon, for the next marble will drop.